0: Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are feds. Doodle. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Fan Bros show it the rose on fans, or something to that extent, it's your boy, DJ Ben-Hameen, aka Ben-Hameen Button, aka Lucius Lion-O, aka the Captain Kirk of the Spaceship, aka uh, Angry Negro Today, boy, let me tell you, but I'm here in the spaceship with my co-host, <laughs>
1: Tatiana King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Stiletto Stunner, Flex Luthor, Lambo Kyle Rizian, and the Black Rogue.
0: Very nice, very nice. And Tatiana, it is. Uh, wait, wait. Are we also joined by someone else? I don't know. Sometimes he's not here. Sometimes he's here. <laughs> he's like, you know, invisible. You know, immaterial.
1: All that stuff.
2: Just passing through. This is Space Ghost producer Kim Sonian, A.K.A. Thalmas Rasulala. <laughs> Google it. <laughs>
1: What's the other one you had last year? You had this long-ass one, too. Vermithrax <laughs> pejorative. That. Yeah, but,
2: I, you know, they, people started catching up. Yeah. Vermithrax, yeah.
0: Pejorative. pejorative. For, for real, for real. But why am I angry today? I mean, I'm angry every damn day. But today, let me tell you, lately, boy, it's just been, you know, we had this thing called Attack of the Con um, earlier this year, mm-hmm. you know, during New York Super Week. Yes. You know, the Star Wars versus Star Trek debate. You know we got the Force Awakens opening in less than three weeks. Praise God. You know, and um, today I wake up to my mentions on Twitter just you know in fuego, just you know out of control with rage and anger from a bunch of Star Trek people because Neil deGrasse Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I respect very much, decided to come out and say that the Enterprise could destroy. The uh, Millennium, Millennium Falcon. Falcon, which it
1: could easily, handily, no, perhaps,
0: <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> no, ain't no perhaps, okay, bro. okay, but there's it, that's that's irrelevant to the, you're right, uh, you're because right. the Enterprise is not in the same class. The Enterprise holds hundreds, if not thousands, of but people. But that
1: wasn't what. But first of all, we weren't. First of all, Neil deGrasse, the, excuse me, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He didn't come here to, to talk about different classes of ships and all that. Yeah. All he was talking about was the main ships most associated with both. Uh, uh, but fandoms. see, I don't
0: associate the Millennium most. You know,
1: I'm I, so a- so so. What do you, so when you say Star Wars? What for you personally? What is the first shit that comes to your mind? Uh, a super star destroyer, baby, bring All out right, the well, that's you. bad boys. That's you, but but according to Neil, that's what death that's stars. He, but according to Neil, that's what <laughs> he chose. Wings. That's what Neil chose. Let's talk about what Neil chose. Let's talk about what Neil chose, though. Not what Ben Amin chose. But point being, he said that. (laughs) He said that. Neil said that. And then you and I like had a little clever back and forth. And and it was over. It was over. It was like five minutes, right? It was over. And
0: then my mentions this morning, though. You know, Tatiana has a lot of minions. (laughs) I don't have (laughs) minions. A lot of lackeys, you know. Well, for, A, lot well, for, well, Nemi, <laughs> A lot of red shirts. A
1: lot of red shirts. Let me defend. Well, no, that's yeah. fucked up. I mean, and they defend, did step
0: up and get shot. Let me
1: defend at least <laughs> one of them because one of them, one of them, explained that they were literally just put posting funny gifs. Like they had, they were just and, fucking around. Yeah, so.
0: I, I know, but that, that, it's like I ain't got time for that. When you, when you, especially when you're, and when my mentions are going insane in the morning, I'm like, okay, I get it. And yeah. everyone always brings up the same points that they brought up in the debate. Oh my God! Star Trek. I actually
1: brought up different you, points. You but, did. You did. I mean, they, but you know, I was the only one.
0: You know. <laughs> see, stop throwing boys. your teammates under the bus,
1: though. I'm not. I'm, I'm repeating what they said to me. I know,
0: but you're also, you know, you're no, helping not. them. You it, know, you're like, listen, here's that bus
1: coming. No, it's water on the bridge. Okay. <laughs> First of all, for those who weren't there, yes, it was a lively debate. Yes, they won by judge decision. They being Star Wars, however,
2: by points, by points.
1: The, okay, judge. The audience, however, were... Thoroughly uh, with Star Trek. Um,
0: um, I, 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 uh, uh. You, uh, I, dis- nothing. We I sat there and had two polls. My sister, I disagree. Why are you turning
1: down my mic, yo? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I disagree, my sister. No, I disagree, the my audience, brother. The audience might have started out with the Star Trek. No, no, no no, 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 no.
1: We did several polls, I seen sir. A dude,
0: I seen a dude we take, have his, it on take tape. his Enterprise shirt off and throw on a Star Wars false. shirt. That's all I'm saying. False,
1: false. But anyway. We have this on tape, y'all. We will release it at some
0: yeah, point. Yeah, we will release it at some point, and everyone will see the audience clearly turn it to the green. False.
1: Great Why are you lying? <laughs> Oh, because why are you we, love why, Oh my
0: god! Because listen, because you know it's all like I say, Everyone always brings up these points about you know, oh Star Trek inspired real things. You know, oh my god, all you guys do is believe in little green. Why you got the guy voice now? You guys, all you guys, all you do is, guys guys do is believe in this green little onion. Oh my god, this and oh my god that, and and nobody wants to bring up the fact that y'all you know slingshot around the sun. That there's a lot of nonsense, you know, that you have Q.
1: There's all kinds of stuff. That, you know, it's there's like, a lot of nonsense because it's, 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 science, it's science fiction. fiction. Thank
0: it's, you. Yeah. It's not any more science. That's is not any more science fat than Star Wars is. Actually. Both of them, no, no. See, you can say that, but then you have to get into the stuff but that no, you want to deny. Like when they met I God. Have, I don't have to deny anything. They met My God in Star Trek. Literally, they met God. And that's fine. Captain Kirk met God. But I think, but I think the problem with you, the
1: problem with you, is like you, you can't. You want to be mutually exclusive of everything. I never said anything about oh, we don't do any of the creative, quote unquote, creative stuff that Star Wars does. All I'm trying to express is that our stuff is a lot. A lot of the stuff is rooted in actual truth, fact, science. And Star Wars has none of that.
0: Untrue. What? Tell me, what un- tell me something what, uh, that's rooted, uh, tell me, no, not talking, something rooted in science. Warp drives are are based in science. There's a lot of stuff. Even the, that's the Star, Sa- Wars. Even, Star yeah. Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars has warp yes, drives. Yes, yes, yes even, yes. even the lightsabers have recently been proven. People are showing they can be made. So it's a lot of stuff. Actually, that, they
1: can't be made. Because, I'll go into it later. Yeah, but we don't
0: need to go into it. It's like, come on. You can't make a damn transporter, but that's a main part of Star Trek. But that's what I'm saying. It's like you cannot exclude certain things. And my problem is that is always the one thing they have. It's like, this is our real... You we- mean the people who come at you? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so that's what I'm saying. You know, no offense. I like As everyone knows, I like both franchises. I'm not this big hater that everyone makes me out to be. I am just definitely... And
1: I'm not a Star Wars hater either. I love yeah. Star
0: Wars. And And the thing is, but if you come at me, like I said today, if you come at the king, you best not miss... The Force Awakens is opening in three weeks. You know, we broke the internet. We're not, you know, there's no comparison right now. When y'all movie come out next year, and you got Idris shining, I'll be hype. You know, I'll be happy. But until then, just play the role. But
1: you also gotta admit, it's 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 a bit much right now in terms of being it's, it's saturated never with Star enough. Wars. So right now, in this world, right now, we got coffee creamers that are Star Wars. I got ice cream. Toilet paper that's Star Wars. Soda and energy drinks that are Star Wars. Bed spreads that are Star Wars. Clothes that are Star Wars. The K-Jewelers that are Star Wars. Loving it. Fucking, fucking Makeup. Don't forget scandal. the makeup. And if anything on ABC is all laden with Star Wars and you're telling me that that's not oversaturation. You can
0: also turn your Google to the light or dark. See, this line. is what I'm talking
1: about. <laughs> but see that's This the is point. oversaturation. Like I love it. You don't got to sell just, me no see, more. I I you if, didn't have to. You have to sell me to begin with. Just say, "Yo, it's a new Star Wars. Star, Star Wars coming.
0: Bam." But see if Star Trek, you know, commanded this type of respect and, you know, oversaturation, then within the floor. First of, you know, all, no, first of all, all, no, it never, it never First does. of all,
1: this is the problem then I mean. <laughs> this is the problem I have with you because I be chill with you and then you come wild disrespectful <laughs> talking about some shit like, oh, if Dar- <laughs> Star Trek this First of all, motherfucker, listen here. <laughs> When a Star Trek movie was coming out and was heavy like that, every time it came out, yes, there was oversaturation in terms of. First of all, Star Trek wrote the book <laughs> on oversaturation with to- when it when it comes to product placement and stuff like that. So let's not act uh, like Star Trek don't go heavy in that I area. Don't,
0: I, I don't remember grow up, growing up with those toys. Listen,
1: I'm not talking about <laughs> you personally. I don't.
0: I don't think any of my friends. The did. point
1: being is, don't say like, "Oh, Star Trek don't be this big, huge thing" when there's something to boost. Okay? Just like anything else, you get product placement. Just like anything else, you get oversaturation. Just like anything else, you get crossovers and stuff. So don't act like that don't happen at all. You make it seem like like Star Trek is booty or something. Fuck out of here, I'm just yo. waiting on
0: them video games.
1: Yo. <laughs> <laughs> you pick on the one and talk about someone who talks about the same thing over. No, that's the one thing you love, you. even though it's funny as hell. And even though it's true.
0: I mean, it's all good, folks. Let me like I I get said. all Brooklyn on you, yo. So like...
1: <laughs> I mean I lost my radio voice and everything, like
0: Woo Boy, it's hot in here. But yeah, like I say, you know, if you come at the king, you best not miss. That's all I'm saying. You know, bring it on Twitter, bring it at DJ Ben I mean. I'm never scared. I will always have whatever I want to say. But you
1: ain't got to be disrespectful. Like, I understand people coming at you for their personal thing. Wild disrespectful. Yes, wild disrespectful. But why, yes, wild, but why you got to be wild disrespectful to the every the, our fandom as a whole? Like, you would be like, yo, if you, y'all don't respect yourself. What the fuck? <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> they, they
0: made Captain Kurt fall off on a damn bridge. It was so disrespectful to that man. Listen. I love Captain Kurt. He does not need to end like that.
3: Whatever,
1: son.
0: I'm done.
3: I'm done. <laughs> I'm I'm Speaking
0: done. of ending like that, though, I got to give a big shout out to the one, Kobe Bean Bryant. Yeah. Who announced his retirement this week. And I know Tatiana, with her New York Knicks loving self, is probably <laughs> quite happy about this. False. Because that boy killed him in Madison um, Square Garden so many times. No, I'm
1: not, I'm not. I'm actually not a Knicks fan. I'm not
3: okay, usually cool. a
1: basketball fan. But yes, Kobe announced his retirement on Twitter via the Players Tribune. He wrote this cute poem, poetry. Yeah.
3: A
0: little, a little like Michael Jordan's, but you know it's yeah. all good. I mean, everything he ever did was a little like Michael Jordan. But yo, Kobe Bryant is one of my favorite players of all time. And if you're gonna imitate anyone, you know you imitate the best. So he did it, and he did it damn well. You know, five rings, seventeen MVPs. Can't be mad at the it man. It was
1: time, man. Like it, it's hard to watch someone. Ooh. You have to understand, athletes. Yeah, there are superheroes, but they're also humans. They're still yes. human, and to see someone's body breaking down. Oh my God,
0: it hurt me before
1: you. Like, at, and you've seen them. Trying. That's why how they always say a lot. If you're on top, maybe you should go out on top. I know people say, oh, I got one more in me, two more. Me. Maybe you should go out on top. What did, what did, uh, what was it, Commissioner Gordon? Who said that? You live long enough. If you're a hero, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. Seriously. I mean,
0: hell, you know, I wish, you know, until the new ones, I wish Star Wars had ended out without ever making a prequel. So, Shit. you know, it happens to the best. But, yeah, man, respect to Kobe Bryant. You know, love. I'm a big Lakers fan, as everybody knows. Grow Lakers. But, yeah, it hurt this season yeah. and the last few seasons have been rough it, watching. It, it's time, baby. It's time, boy. You know, you did it 20 years. Salute. Alright, well we got a huge episode of Fan Bros Show. We have Greg Pock in the building, in the spaceship, coming up right after this break. We'll be right back with more Fan Bros Show.
1: This is Juno Diaz.
0: When I'm not making art for my community, I'm listening to Fan Bros. Enjoying join this episode of Fan Bros Show. It is time, though. We have a very special guest in the spaceship tonight.
1: Yes.
0: Welcome to the spaceship, the acclaimed author, filmmaker, Rhodes Scholar, the man who brought the Hulk back to prominence and put Clark Kent in jeans and a T-shirt, the <laughs> one and only Greg Pack. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I do it every time. I that swear. That is cool. No oh problem. man, yeah! Welcome to the show. I am Ben. I mean, the butcher of names, so that's what I do on here. So <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, no, I appreciate you it. know, it, it's it's basically like a rite of passage when you come on this show. It's all good. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today,
4: Greg. I am. You know, we are am honored t- to have you here. Thank you so much. Thrilled to be here.
0: All right. Well, first off, you had a rather interesting route to becoming a comic book author. You studied at Yale. You went on to Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar. With the intention of becoming a politician, yep. made a few films that won a few awards, and then somehow you became a comic book writer. How yeah. did this happen? And how disappointed has your family been?
4: <laughs> well, I got, <laughs> I got, uh, I got lucky. I mean, I, um, I kind of came sideways into comics. At the same time, I've been uh, drawing since I was a kid and I drew cartoons through high school and college and, and, uh, I was doing everything, you know, and I was reading comics, I was doing everything, but actually writing, uh, monthly comics, I guess. But, um, yeah, and I was very focused on film. So I went to film school and, uh, I, uh, I made a bunch of short films and I made a feature film called Robot Stories. And around the time I was taking Robot Stories out to film festivals, my agent got me a meeting with Marvel. And, uh, and it was just a, kind of a lucky, Confluence of events because the screenplay I'd written for Robot Stories um, was a terrible writing sample if I wanted to do more feature film work because it was an anthology picture, it was made up of four shorter stories. Um, but it turned out that was a pretty great writing sample for comics because each one of those stories was like 20 minutes long, which is, you know, fairly similar to a 22-page uh, comic book script. And uh, and um, and also it was a sci-fi movie that really dealt with uh, human the human heart, you know. So each one of the stories was about a family or a couple grappling with the things families and couples grapple with. But um, each one had a crazy robot twist. So uh, – but that kind of combination of genre stuff with – Sort uh, you know emotional storytelling um, kind of fit the bill for Marvel I think they read it, they, they liked it and uh, I started uh, working on developing stuff for them uh, and worked on a bunch of different things that never saw print until finally I did the uh, Warlock series um, uh, which was over the, about 11 years ago now um, and then I did the Phoenix Song book and I did a bunch of other mini series for them and then finally they, uh, they put me on the Hulk that was my first ongoing and that became the Planet Hulk storyline and uh and uh and so uh, uh 10 years later here i am
0: all right well you've been writing the hulk you know and like between you and peter david you're probably the two the most who wrote the hulk for the longest what is it about the hulk that just brings a writer
4: back to him over and over again uh yeah i mean it's a for whatever reason and i don't really know uh but the hulk has always been my favorite uh, uh, probably my favorite superhero you know I mean I uh, I was a huge fan of that uh, Bill Bixby Lou Ferrigno TV show back in the day Thursdays <laughs> at 7 central uh, <laughs> and uh, like that was the one show that I would actually you know change my schedule to watch when I was a kid I um, I just loved it I, I joke about it but it's true that show was my <laughs> introduction to the to the literary concept of tragedy you know it was the first sort of mass entertainment I saw that did not have a happy ending on a regular basis um, um, and it made a huge impact on me. I just was really compelled by it. Um, and uh, so years later, you know, I, I mean, I'd read Hulk comics and everything. And then by the time I was actually working in comics, I uh, I was just dropping all these heavy hints with, uh, with my editor, Mark Benicia, that, you know, if you ever need somebody for the Hulk, uh, let me know. And eventually they, you know, they called and pulled me in to talk about this Planet Hulk storyline. I mean, I, I think what makes the Hulk um, a ton of fun is that the characters – Really simple, and that lets you get really deep, actually. You know, um, like the hook is just, and it took him a while to figure out that hook, you know, but the hook of anger being the trigger for the transformations um, just gives you really rich uh, themes to play with, you know, you can, you can explore that from many, many different angles and, uh, different writers like Bill Mantlo and the great Peter David, as you mentioned, um, just did so much great work building up Banner's backstory and his family history. And, uh, it was just a great, uh, long, you know, there, there was just a lot of great work that had already been done that, that gave me, um, just a really great basis to work from when I, uh, when I started writing the book, um, you know, and I, I just on a, pure sheer comic book visceral level the Hulk smashes and that's fun you know what I mean like all that that smashing is a kick in the pants
5: oh
0: no most definitely I grew up on the Peter David stories like those were like my heart and soul like I feel you like Hulk I always loved how and even I think it might have been Mantlo right before Peter David when they were really getting into the family and like the ID and the super ego and it was a lot of really deep stuff for a kid, but it, you know, I could also relate because every other issue, the Hulk would just smash something.
1: It's like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's it's like an onion. He has multiple levels that, you know, if you're personally not on that level, it won't apply to you and you probably won't even notice it. But then as you get older, as you mentioned, Ben, I mean, you're going to start being more privy to these things and to these stories and to these lessons that are kind of also baked in. You know, I also wondered you mentioned, Greg, um, how like that hook that that his trigger being his anger that caused the transformation. Could you imagine if it was anything else? Like, I don't know if he got hungry, you know, he did he he become hangry, you know, like what? (laughs) Like how much would that throw off the character? Or would that just, you know, open up more doors? But like, do you are you the type who think like certain things are sacred to characters and like should never be tampered with or are you like oh well there's some room for um some change there.
4: Oh no, I mean I think there's always room for change. I mean there's there's certain things about these characters that tend to just work and so uh you know like things change but then the characters tend to return to form in certain ways. At the same time, uh some of these characters didn't really click until folks figured out some something different, you know what I mean? Like I said the the Hulk originally uh I if I'm remembering correctly was it was originally just at night he would turn into the Hulk. I mean, it was kind of a werewolf yep. uh, riff, and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and, and which worked fine for a few issues. But then, you know, eventually they they figured out that, ang- you know, they, I, I don't even remember exactly who who or when that happened. But uh, you know, when anger became the trigger, then suddenly that fueled a whole lot of stories. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's always there's always room for you know for tweaks, you know what I mean there's I, it, it's kind of like even just like with relationships and comics, I mean I, I know that um when I was a kid the first time I ever saw a uh, a story with, uh, Spider-Man and a love interest, it was Gwen Stacy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So somewhere in my, you know, in the back of my head, I always think of Gwen Stacy as actually Spidey's real love interest. You know what I mean? But that's just because that's the first Spidey book I ever read. Um, but, uh, but that's different for, you know, I mean, depending that that's not integral to the character that that has to be the one, you know, that, that one, uh, that one, uh, uh, relationship has to drive that. Um, uh, you know, there there are a lot of different uh, dynamics the characters can go through, and at different times, different things work really well.
0: Most definitely, like I grew up with uh, Scott and Jean Grey, but I actually prefer Scott and um, the White Queen. Like, mm. I think that's a better relationship <clears throat> than Scott and Jean Grey. So,
1: right. well, see, yeah. you, you, on that same point about you know changing characters and things like that, how as as a how do they how do you deal with the pressure of having to change things or come up with some new stories or new environments like how do you do or do you even feel that pressure at all
4: well you know of every book i've ever uh every work for hire book i've ever done is you know you're walking in the footsteps of giants right you know i mean the like and so you can freak yourself out about
3: it right to no end,
4: you know what i'm saying it's yeah like, i mean i think i followed grant morrison like two or three times on different books you know what Jesus. I'm saying? And it's like i followed neil gaiman on books you know Ooh. what i'm mean? saying it's like, and, and and if i uh, if i'm gonna you know, if I if you can definitely psych yourself out if you worry about that too much or you can just, you know, tell tell the best story you can, you know, trust yourself, trust your editors and uh, and do the best job you can. And, uh, um, you know, and so I, I try to pick the latter. You know what I mean? Like everybody's everybody in Work for Hire is uh is, you know, we, we've, we've been preceded and we will be followed by uh, people who may be better than us. <laughs> and, that's, and that's fine. Um, you know, we just, uh, but we've got a great chance to do something fun. So I'm just trying to do something fun and, and uh, emotionally resonant every time I get on a book. All
0: right. Well, you're, uh, the new Totally Awesome Hulk debuts this week. And you're basically, I mean, you are the creator of Amadeus Cho. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for the most part, you've probably written him more than any other author. So how much of your personality is in him? And do you can, like, are you the A-smartest person in the world?
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not at all. I I mean, uh, I I think, um, I mean, Amadeus is, uh, what I like about Amadeus, and I think what makes Amadeus fun to write, is that he has uh, next to no impulse control. I mean, it's a lot of the same kind of. Fun of writing the Hulk, he uh, he cuts loose and big things happen, and uh, and that is a kick in the pants to write a character. Uh, Who's like that Amadeus is sort of similar if he's if he's thinking it, he's saying it, which is not uh, Necessarily uh, a smart thing, Uh, (laughs) but it's a lot of fun to write. It's a lot of fun to read about Um, So I'm I'm definitely uh, Yeah on a personal level. I'm 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 (laughs) probably worry a lot more than Amadeus does in general uh, (laughs) Which which may be you know the 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 reason why he's so much fun for me to write Uh, Same with the Hulk. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah,
4: um uh, the uh, I, I, There was a certain point I, I remember when I was just thinking about all of the stories that I love and all the movies that I love, and realizing that in every, every one of them, the characters do things that I, I would never ever do in real life. Like any movie you watch, almost literally any movie you watch, like the, the characters are breaking laws like, about one every you know i mean depending on what kind of movie there's a law broken every 2 or 3 minutes you know what I'm oh, saying? yeah it's definitely like, it's like just i you know like just bad behavior is dramatically uh <laughs> uh compelling and fun you know what i mean yeah. and and so that that uh there's a there's that kind of um just visceral fun of these characters just seeing them cut loose and and then you know and then and then with with the hulk the Great thing about that is that there's that visceral fun of seeing him cut loose, but then there's the all the great Hulk stories have really dug in and looked at the consequences of that, um, which I think is what makes the the character compelling. That it's a it's it's a real, um, uh, it you know it looks at the cost of anger, you know, uh, and uh, and and there almost always is a, a cost.
0: Definitely. All right, we've already seen the introduction in the first issue of his sister Madeline. C- I'm gonna butcher that one too, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Maddie Show, and we know that his parents were. Pri- I, I'm, I'm still thinking his parents are somewhere out there. But can we please find out who cursed these children with these names?
4: <laughs> parents did, <laughs> and why? I'm Amadeus, Amadeus. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. When I was growing up, I I knew a number of kids um, of immigrants, uh, particularly Asian American kids of immigrants, and their parents just gave them these really fun, aspirational names. Like I knew a. I knew an Asian kid named uh, uh, Stanford. Uh, a kid named Harvard. I mean, they're, they're they're kids walking out there with names like Harvard and Yale. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> cause it's, this, it's this you know, it, 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 it's the aspirational name. Like the parents are naming you. Where, you know, they that's where they want you to go. I knew so many uh, Alexis and, you know, Bentleys and stuff. So yeah,
0: jeez. <laughs> that's a different type of aspiration. Right, way different.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: So, right. Well, so so Amadeus's parents named him, you know, they named their son Amadeus, and they named their, their, their daughter after Madame Curie. So uh, I just thought that was fun when I was making up the characters back when.
1: So how much of Cho's upbringing and family history is going to be in the comic?
4: Um, it's going to be, well, there's just... Um, there's stuff in there that's just kind of subtle everyday stuff, just the way Amadeus and his sister interact and, and the, the, you know, like the, Uh, I mean, just even the way they cook for each other and all of that, you know, like there's 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 so some of that is just subtle and it's just about the everyday lived experiences. But then Mm -hmm. we'll we'll also uh, eventually learn uh, more about Amadeus's origin and also more about Maddie, you know, because Maddie has been uh, talked about in the past. But um, I mean, she was presumed dead for a long time. So eventually Mm -hmm. we'll dig in, dig in and reveal uh, how she and Amadeus got, you know, how Yeah, what the story is behind all of that.
0: So if she was presumed dead and the parents are presumed dead, is there a hope that we might see... The return of the parents? or Are they just you know off the mortal coil?
4: Yeah, that's uh that's a little tricky. I mean, the parents, uh, mm. the parents being dead is is a little baked in the cake. And the, during the uh, Incredible Hercules series that I co-wrote with the great Fred Van Lente back in the day, we uh, Amadeus actually went to uh, Hades to try to bring back uh, Hercules um, from the dead. And uh, while he was down there, he actually met his uh, his dead parents. So his in Hades. Parents- Yes, in the afterlife. Wow, <laughs> that's harsh. <laughs> well, actually, no, no, actually, they were the they they weren't they weren't actually correction. Yeah, yeah, correction. Correction. Okay, okay. okay. they were actually in the Elysium Fields. Ah, oh, okay. okay I was about yeah. to say that's oh, a lot ge- better I, than yeah. yes. that's <laughs> like, significantly like, better. Yeah, they the River Styx ain't nice, right?
1: <laughs> kind of scenic this time of year.
4: They were, they were, yeah, exactly. They were chilling in the Elysium fields. They they did all right. They did all right. All right. I I think we even established that there was a Korean grocery down there, which (laughs) means that it was definitely heaven.
1: So, you know, that actually leads right into the next question about uh, how how great it is, or or do you think it's, it's most obvious that a Korean author write a Korean character?
4: Well, I, I, you know, I mean, it's it's back in the day when I created Amadeus Cho with uh, Takeshi Miyazawa, who was the artist. I mean, I, um, I kind of saw there was this niche. I mean, there was this chance to create a, a young Asian American, specifically Asian American kid, uh, mm-hmm. and stick him in the Marvel Universe, and it was. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I've always been interested in. Uh, and using a diverse cast in both my film work back in the day and, and in my comics work. And and so it was just a natural, you know, it was just a thing that I did. So, I was, yeah, I mean, I was thrilled by the chance to, to yeah. do that back when. And, you know, it's a thing that I, you know, will always continue to do, you know, uh, whenever I have a chance to. To uh, to to mix it up a bit, I I try to get on that. Um, you know, but I, but I had no idea ten years ago that the character would catch on, and that uh, you know, well, first that we were able to use him as such a fun supporting character for the Hulk for so many years, and all those Hulk books, and then that he became the co-star of that uh, Hercules book for four and a half years, and then mm-hmm. now, uh, you know, now now he's uh, actually the Hulk. I mean, it's uh, it all makes sense when you look at the the progression of the character, and you know, in, when you look at the actual story, it makes. Total sense. He's the Hulk's number one fan. You know, he uh, he's the guy who supported the Hulk when the Hulk, you know, <laughs> came, went crazy and came down to Earth to to you know during World War Hulk, Amadeus was on his side. You know, yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's he's always he's been there for. For ages, and if anybody's going to take over, it, would, it Amadeus makes a lot of sense. Um, so you know, just in terms of the continuity of it all, it, it makes a lot of sense. But it's just yeah, but it's a total thrill. I mean, I'm I'm you know over the moon by the chance to write this character, you know, a character I co-created, and also you know specifically an Asian American character who gets to be a lead of a big Marvel book. That's a that's a kick in the pants, man. I'm thrilled.
3: <laughs>
0: awesome. I mean, speaking of kicking the pants and thrills. How did it feel when you saw Age of Ultron and they had the Hulkbuster versus Hulk fight? And yeah. it was basically yeah. straight up out of, you know, um, out of World War Hulk, like the whole building crash and everything.
4: It was it was pretty nuts. I mean, I, I have no idea how much that because the Hulk has fought, uh, you know, uh, Hulkbuster Iron Man a number of times in the books. But I, 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 I did see one thing that made me kind of squeal a little bit. There's a point when. Uh, when the Hulkbuster armor, um, they're like jets that fire in the elbow to kind of power the blow, and that yeah. was something that I did in uh, in World War Hulk. So I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna pat myself on the back and say that was mine. I, I don't know <laughs> I, I don't know if they actually got it from that, but uh, but I'm hoping they did. That whole building
0: out. crashing was definitely that's all I could think about was World yeah. War Hulk
4: when that happened. Right, right, right. So no, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's a kick. I mean, the other the other fun thing that I saw was um, they took the design that we did that Carlo Pagulayan did for Korg in Planet Hulk. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the big stone guy in Planet Hulk was one of the the Hulk's uh, uh, gladiator uh, buddies, and um, they used that design when they showed the great the, the stone man in the last Thor movie. Ah, uh, oh, so yeah, right. they definitely did. Yep, yeah. Uh, and then also in Age of Ultron, there's a uh, there's a woman named Helen Cho uh and helen yep. Shows, yep, all there this is. shows mom's name so. yes
0: yeah i was hoping you don't know how much i was praying because i i gotta tell you amadeus is just one of my favorite characters oh he, man thanks so much he's probably the reason why i got back into the hulk because like i said i was a big peter david fan but when i first read him and he was doing the math and it was like showing the math appearing in the air and all the calculations i just thought that was such a genius way of writing intelligence so
4: Thanks so much, man. Yeah, it's been a you know it's been a kick. So yeah. I appreciate that.
1: Greg, I don't understand how you don't flip out like daily, like like in a great way. Like, oh my god, did you see that? Like running up and down the street, telling people, you know, that was me. That was me. I don't know. Well, I was flip out.
4: I guess the good and the bad thing is that uh, that there's always uh, something that's due. So I always have ah. to like I always got to keep my nose to the to the grinds so I've always got. Uh, somebody said this once. And I can't remember who it was, but somebody said that being a professional writer is basically signing yourself up for homework the rest of your life. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so there's always there's always, uh, there's always yeah. something to be done. So I, I don't have too much time to get too uh, too cocky. Uh, so no, but I, it's, I get, no it's been great. It's been great. I uh, so I we can't complain.
1: we had a recent show where we featured Perry Young. Um, he I don't know if you're uh, uh, familiar with him, but he's also he's on the Nick. He's also on a few other shows. Oh, oh, Gotham. Yeah. And he spoke about at one point being the only Asian in the room. And, uh, he, and he, he meant that both as a, that was actually the title of the show and also as a euphemism to kind of express how his life as an actor has been. And right. we are curious, do you encounter some of this kind of similar idea in the comics world?
4: um yeah i mean as a writer yes i mean there have been i mean ever since i've started in comics there have been tons and tons of artists who are asian or asian american um but there there have uh not been a ton of um of writers yeah. uh you know and this you know this is always changing and there's always more people coming in which is great but i think there was there was one point not too long ago when i i realized that i think i was the only asian american uh writing for either Marvel or DC for a while. Um yeah. I actually there was there was one there was one weird time when I think I was the only person of color writing for Marvel or DC, uh just for a little while. Um so I I mean I'm always thrilled and I, I really do try to, you know, help spread the word for um, you know, when, when folks are coming up and uh uh, because I think you know, it's not a zero-sum game. It's like the more folks are out there doing this stuff, the more, the more uh, certain characters you know uh, become successful and and spread. The more opportunities there are for everybody. You know, um, I've I've been. Uh, I mean, I, I, I felt that way about you know in the film when I was working in, or you know when I've worked in film as well. It's like when uh, when a Asian American project does well, it opens doors for. Many others. I mean, in a in a really practical way. And if a if a star, if a star gets born out of a project, then other projects get built for that star, and suddenly more projects get to happen, and more. You know what I mean? It's. I mean, you look at Spike Lee. You know, the early days of Spike Lee. It's like he worked. There's so many African American actors who came out of those Spike Lee movies Mm -hmm. and they became named stars and movies got financed because they were in them, you know, and that opens up more opportunities for more people, you know, so it's, uh, yeah. So I, I, mean, all that is, um, you know, I always, uh, there's, there's a lot to give back all the time. I
0: feel most definitely. Okay. Now for one, that's a bit painful for us.
4: What's up with storm?
0: (laughs) <laughs> have, have, have you seen her? How how's how she doing these days?
4: Well, I think she's now the leader of the team in Jeff Lemire's book, right? So, yep. so she's she's definitely in the comics, and she's in a in a good position there. So, so there's that. You know, I, I hope that they do end up launching another Storm solo. You know, what I mean, I, w- I was thrilled to have a chance to do that thing for for a year, and it was a great experience. So, um, hope we didn't uh, hope we hope we uh, hope we didn't ruin it for other folks. <laughs> hope other folks <laughs> have the chance to come in and do some more. Uh, I mean that was a I mean that was a huge thing I, having the chance to write that book. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I that that character has always been one of my faves, and I hope there's there's uh, uh, you know I'm sure in the fullness of time there will be more more chances for that.
1: Oh hashtag SaveStorm. We got
4: a favor. There were a lot of folks out there who really you know supported that book like crazy, and I'm really grateful to them.
0: Yeah, totally. All right, well, thank you. You survived the interview segment, and now we have the brat <laughs> segment, our rapid-fire questions.
4: All right. Are you ready? I am ready, talk to me. All right. <laughs> the Falcon or War Machine? Uh, War Machine, because I got to write the War, War Machine book for uh, about a year and a, a year and a day, and it was, a, I, I love that character. It was a blast. So yeah, War Machine. All right.
1: Luke Cage or Black Panther?
4: Black Panther. Mm, yeah. definitive. The Wire or Breaking Bad? Oh, you know, I confess, <laughs> I have not seen either one. Woo! I know it's shocking, isn't it? Yeah, wow! I mean, yeah. I had a I had a friend from film school who directed some some of the wire, or directed a couple episodes of the wire, as I understand it. So I'm gonna say the wire.
0: Uh, yeah, go for it,
4: smart man. All right,
1: that works. Magneto or Professor X?
4: Magneto. I, I, again, I, I'm biased because I got to write that Magneto origin story. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, God, I love that. That, that book was, I mean, that, that book meant a hell a lot to us. So, uh, so yeah, Magneto. All right. Luther or Dr. Doom? Oh, I'm going to go with Doom. I, I i mean, Luther is fascinating to me, um, but I've actually thought about Doom a lot, and uh, I got a chance to write Doom during some Hulk stories, and I always thought doing a, uh, a Doom, like, Doom should have a solo book, man. There yes. should be Doom ongoing. There should yes. be a Doom. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yes. But, uh, yeah, Doom's a lot
4: of fun. Oh yeah.
1: Um, Mark Ruffalo or Ed Norton? Uh, live action Hulk.
4: Oh, well, those guys are both great. I'm gonna, I, I and and this, I'm just gonna give it to Ruffalo just because I think that, uh, that they that that things really came together with, um, that first Avengers movie. You know, the way the Hulk came through in that first Avengers movie was just. I, I mean, I was. I, you, you know, that famous scene when he's like, you know, what's your secret? You know, like, here's uh, my oh, secret. I'm, I'm always ang- angry. <laughs> I'm always angry. I was like whispering that right before he said it. You know, like, I was like, I, I just felt it. I knew it. And I, I felt like they just really got it. Oh uh, I,
0: didn't, I didn't know that was coming. And that is still every time I see that scene. I mean, the hair is raised up on my neck. Yeah. It is just like the greatest moment ever to me. Like, oh, man, that, that was such a perfect line for the Hulk.
4: Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I love it. All right. Superman or Batman? Uh, Superman. Mm.
1: Apollo Creed or Clubber Lang?
4: Uh, Apollo Creed. I got to see that movie too. Definitely. <laughs> fast zombies or slow zombies? <laughs> uh, fast zombies.
1: Okay. Mike Myers, Freddy or Jason?
4: Oh, um, I'm going to say Freddy. All right. Freddy
1: Krueger in the house. All right.
4: Judge Dredd or Judge Judy? Judge Dredd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not scared of Judge Judy. Peter Parker or Miles Morales?
4: Uh, right now Miles. I got a chance to write Miles in the new uh, in the new Hulk book. I love lo- I love the punch he throws in that one. That was <laughs> perfect, Miles. <laughs> um, Teen Titans or the X Men? Uh, <laughs> normally I'd say X Men, but I just got tapped to do Teen Titans. So oh, I'm I'm like oh!
1: Fan Bros exclusive. Nice, nice. nice.
4: So yeah, starting with issue 17. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you.
1: Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek?
4: Star Wars.
0: Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite Wesley Snipes movie?
4: Um favorite Wesley Snipes. Um, good question. Uh, maybe Blade.
1: Alright, we'll take that.
4: Um, almost- Actually, no, oh, no, no, no. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm jungle fever. Oh, oh that's yeah, a nobody good one. ever said that. Flipper!
1: Flipper, man. That's Big a up one. Flipper.
0: That's a great one.
1: All right, we're almost at the end. Which character death struck you the worst? Could be in any medium, books, TV, film.
4: Oh, Glenn in, uh, well, spoiler alert, Glenn in the Walking Dead comics. Yo.
3: Yo, oh,
0: hold up, man. Hold up. Let's talk. Yeah, there's Issue 50 and issue 100 were the two times when I wanted to tell Kurtman, I never want to read your book again, you bastard. <laughs> and I'm still reading to this day. So he's he's, uh, yeah. doing, he's doing something right. <laughs> oh man yeah that that's that's a rough one folks all right if you could have any one superpower what would it be
4: uh ability to control time yes i've, th- I've thought about this i've thought about this a lot yes the Ooh, ability yeah, to control time. that's a great one
1: that's an amazing one yes. okay
0: i got a quick bonus one what's your favorite storm incarnation besides your own
4: oh uh well yeah i mean it's the mohawk storm who defeats uh cyclops and fights callisto and all that she's awesome hell yeah what about your favorite Hulk or Superman run? Um I I probably my sentimental favorite Hulk run is the Bill Mantlo stuff, the Crossroads stuff. Uh, yes. And then my uh Superman, I love that uh Superman for All Seasons book that Jeff Loeb did with Tim Sale.
3: Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, no that that Bill Mantlo stuff, man. Like I said, I did not understand it, but I loved it. Like <laughs> 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 Look that up, folks, if you ever can. All right. Well, please let the internets know where they can find you at. All right.
4: I am at gregpock.com, G-R-E-G-P-A-K.com. And also uh, I'm also Greg Pak at Twitter, uh, G-R-E-G-P-A-K on the Twitter machine. <laughs> <All right. laughs> on the Twitters. <laughs> yeah, Exactly.
0: And is there anything else that you want to let the fan bros know about coming out from you? Anything that they need to look out for?
4: Uh, I think you got it. I got a new book called Kingsway West, which is coming out uh, in uh, later in this year. It's about or in 2016 about a, uh, a Chinese gunslinger searching for his wife in an old West overrun with magic. Wow, oh, Wow. Yo, that we, sounds fun. You gotta have it to come is. back
0: and talk about that when that yeah, I would, I would love to. Would oh
4: love to. man, that sounds epic. Excellent. Yeah. So that's in, uh, yeah, that's coming out from Dark Horse. So if you go to kingswaywest.com, you can learn more about that.
0: Sweet. Most definitely. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. You know, we had a great time. Hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, thanks. I sure did.
4: Thank you guys a ton. Really appreciate it. All
0: right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros.
4: Don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud,
1: to like us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes.
0: But what are they subscribing
1: to? To Fambros.
0: Awesome, perfect. I know you've been enjoying this episode. That interview with Greg Pock was so epic, so awesome. I know you loved it. But now it is time for...
5: This Week in the N-Word.
0: And boy, you know, returning to the ring, to the list, (laughs) to the leaderboard, is our friend. I mean, it ain't even about him. That's not even him! It ain't even about him. It's about everybody surrounding
3: him. Jesus, Lord. Uh, Carrot top. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right, so the Donald... The Don. The Don. Um, we're talking about Donald Trump, you guys. But it's not actually not him who nah, did anything. No, nah, nah, unbelievable. He was just there like an overseer. But oh. recently.
3: <laughs> Jesus.
1: Am I lying? Where Do you detect Take any lies? Wheel.
0: No, no, not at all. All right.
1: So recently, uh, a group of black pastors met up with Donald Trump at Trump Tower, one of the Trump Towers in New York City. Damn it. I could have been there. You could have. Um, You could have crashed the party. And um, one, why were they meeting with Donald Trump? I don't know. But long story short, they were, how do I put this? What do
2: I put? Brainwashed.
3: <laughs>
2: Brainwashed. <laughs> bamboozled. Magnet. Yeah, bamboozled. Run them up.
1: Sambo. Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of he what. Pulled, he pulled
0: them. Um, what, what Malcolm X? frock. <laughs> yeah, landed
1: on us. <laughs> okay, so basically. Point. So at the end of this meeting, these these pastors, to me, have the audacity to come out and say, we met with Donald Trump and, um, you know, he he addressed our concerns. Concerns being, like, Racism. And uh, we're happy with the results. We're happy with what he said, and uh, I think he's a good man.
0: So, I just want to know, did he, like, in that meeting, pull off his human stand and showed him the lizard <laughs> face underneath? The reptilian? because yeah, you know, uh,
2: Did they join him in doing so? That's a crazy Professor Axe move right there. He, like, mind-controlled all of them. Uh, straight up. And I know you said you didn't want to name names. I know you, totally didn't, I know you said you man. didn't
1: want to name names, but I'm naming names so, like, y'all could call up these uh, these pastors and be like, what up? Yes. Like, what's going on with you? So Bishop George Bloomer, he asked uh, Trump, are you a racist? People are saying that about you.
5: Are <laughs> no, you, but I'm racist. Said, he said, he said
1: are, uh, <laughs> if you are seeking the African-American community support you, you're not helping those, you're not helping them with, with the type of stuff you're saying, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Long story short, everything, that whole phrasing times 10 or how many pastors were there, that's how they were doing. That's the questions, quote unquote, they were supposedly asking him. And then at the end said they they were sufficient with the answer and basically giving him a high five like he's doing a great job. First of all, let me say this. and First and last, let me say this. Those black pastors and no black pastor represents my view as an African-American slash black slash whatever person Human in America. <laughs> never. Never, 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 never. So don't, I, one thing I do not want to happen is, which will happen anyway because it's Fox News and Friends, don't use what a group of black pastors mm. are saying to represent what black culture is. One thing mm. I hate, yeah. I hate about when it comes to media and black people is that there always has to be some mouthpiece that represents us as a whole. Once again, putting us in a category of as if we are a monolith. Black people are not a monolith. There is not one person that represents my views and it damn sure ain't no black pastor asking Donald Trump are you a racist?
0: No. In fact, speaking on that, big shout out to like DeRay and Netta who, you know, are part of the Black Lives Movement because the other day I saw somebody saying oh, I'm questioning, you know, the Black Lives Movement's leaders. And I was like, brother, there if you're questioning no- the Black Lives Movement's leaders, you need to question your own damn self because you're the leader of it. There's no leaders. Mm. It's what we do it because you know what happens when we elect the leader and we're like all waiting for him to do something? They shoot him. So let's not, you know, do something yourself. And unless Pastor Troy had shown up at this meeting, you know, that pastor would have represented (laughs) me better than any of these other pastors over there. So, yo, the
1: the biggest guy I have a problem, the biggest pastor I have a problem with is Daryl Scott. Okay, he he's the one he says, what we were able to do today was allow people to see his heart for themselves and to make up their own minds about him. This is quote. This is a quote. Okay? This guy, he was like, there's nothing wrong with Mr. Trump. Basically, he was saying, oh, he's a great guy, blah, 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 blah. First of all, and, and that's another thing that was weird, because he said this, right? And, in in, in like, to me, it was like they were scrambling to get in front of the camera, okay? So this Daryl Scott guy was in front of the camera, and then, and then next to him for bizarre reasons unknown Omarosa was there and then a bunch of random (laughs) pastors and then Donald Trump literally looking over them like an overseer and I was just like am I in the twilight zone right now officer officer, overseer
0: (laughs) 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 from officer overseer Yeah. oh man so yeah yeah, big shout out to the whole gang of y'all y'all all all made the connection you know y'all all all hit the leaderboard. I
1: mean, y'all wanted to be on TV that bad?
0: You know, that Summer Jam screen is waiting for you. This Week in the N-Word yeah. loves you for it, man. Like,
1: I mean, I, I mean, I love
0: the the flyer that was out beforehand looking like a party joint. You know, everything about this was like the most trifling shit I've seen like, in a long what time. what the hell? What are we
2: doing here? Oh. Yeah, and a big shout out to uh, Reverend Jamal Bryant for checking that dude on CNN yes. on the Aaron Burnett show. <laughs> yes. Came if, at James Davis um, side side shooting the word prostitute, but then he took it back and said, well, they didn't even get paid, so I can't call them prostitutes. So you even have dissension like, among the, the pastors themselves. So right. trollops. You could yeah. call them a bunch of trollops. <laughs> I mean, he said he wouldn't <laughs> use the word. Or, anyway, Google that CNN interview. It is actually the funniest uh, thing. Oh,
1: let me I had to read this quote from, from um, Jamal Bryant. Uh, um, besides him saying that they're prostituting themselves in their church, he said, it's Andy Warhol's daydream. It's 15 Minutes of Fame. It gave them a oh. chance to be on television and in the newspaper where otherwise nobody would have ever known their names.
0: Yeah, yeah I know. We just gave them more shine than they ever deserve. So.
1: No, that's not shine. That's I'm putting you in the, in the category of infamy. That's yeah. not a good category to be in. Don't don't get it twisted.
0: True indeed. True. She indeed. got her
2: phases on. Unstu- not stun. No, no. To kill. To kill. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not that Star Trek. <laughs> disintegrate.
0: I, I love it when they set them, when they shoot him, and they just like in it. <laughs> yeah. the energy blast. I just
1: right. And just like, it, it like
0: it like spreads over them, and then they just <laughs> gone. <laughs> like, what?
3: <laughs> like,
0: oh, y'all shit. shot Charlie. Like, yo, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, start. I gotta give it to Star Trek for that because that is like some ruthless. <laughs> shit It's like, I'm going to erase you from existence, home. <laughs> that
1: reminds me of more of the worlds when the people get zapped and yeah. it's just nothing but ash. Yeah, but see, Star Trek is worse than she that. Trek. It ain't nothing
0: ain't no ash. It's just <laughs> it gone, nothing. bro. It is clean. Like, you are gone. No dude. cleanup needed. You're out of here. Oh, man. You know, just like Holy. those pastors, out of here. All right. Well, you know that was on, a great son. segment right there. But now it's time for one of my favorite segments. Tech
3: Talk with Tatiana.
1: And this week in tech news, I'm actually laughing because this is freaking ridiculous, and it's never gonna happen. If they do, I'm never buying another product from them. Uh, there is a rumor that has been picked up by most of the tech blogs that have uh, it originated from a Japanese blog, but saying that iPhone was thinking about iPhone. Not iPhone. Apple was thinking about getting rid of the headphone jack in the iPhone. And to be more specific, the idea is that they're not just going to remove it all together. That, that's that's ludicrous, ludicrous speed Um, that they were going to replace it with their own kind of proprietary jack. Something like maybe using a lightning cable as as also a the audio port. Oh, shit. First of all, that's, that's complete BS. Um, I personally don't believe that. I personally think that's the most horrible idea in the world. When it comes to technology, uh, it's all right that there's different manufacturers, there's different people who have different devices, but there are always standards across the device. You have a MacBook. I have a Surface Pro. People have other things, but they all have USB ports. USB are universal. Those are standards. There are new standards that are coming out. There's USB 2, USB 3, USB C. Yes, there's new things that are, that are always churning and being replaced, stuff like that. But for the most part, it's not something completely different that no one uses. The the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack is all over place. It's ubiquitous. It's when you plug in your AUX cable because you wanna you know you wanna play something in your in your car, or wherever, you're using that jack. So and obviously to put on headphones you're using that jack. Pretty much you're always gonna use that. That's always prevalent across technology. So for them to be like yeah, we might actually change it that's insane and I, I I personally don't think it's gonna happen I just think it's just a rampant Japanese blog rumor um a lot of the Korean and Japanese tech box always be saying some wild crazy shit so I would take it with a huge grain of salt huge grain how about a cup of salt <laughs>
0: Most definitely, but, you know, I like this other one you got up here about George Lucas has avoided the (laughs) internet for 15 years. Yeah, my
1: man, George of Poetry. Um, George, he says, and it's so funny, his reasoning, but he said that he's been avoiding the internet for 15 years basically because he doesn't want to read any of the wild shit about him and how, I guess he knows how vicious the internet is. And he, after all these years, he just does not want to hear or see any, craziness written about him or how people really feel about him or about what he's done with this series or whatever what have you so he's literally he said he's avoided email he has avoided signing up to stuff like Facebook and Twitter all that other stuff if people ask well how does he get all his business done he has I'm sure he has assistants some multitude assistants who handle that but him personally he said he has avoided the internet for the last 15 years which means he has not seen any of the the classic, you know, cat videos or anything like that. So, like, how, like, how, I mean, George. You you have missing out, brother.
0: I mean, if I was him, though, I damn sure would never but go on the, the internet again in my life.
1: But the internet's not plastered with "I hate George Lucas" links. Like my thing uh, is, some
0: places it is, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you have to seek out those places. Like, but I could see some places like Twitter. Yeah, he might Jesus, randomly run yeah. into a tweet where, like, you know, George Lucas sucks or something like that. But you know,
0: and it's like everybody wants to search their name when they go on the internet. You know, and somebody like him is trying to search their name and then don't, Jesus George, yeah, don't search your don't, name, on, Don't search your name. You know, name, so I sir. definitely feel that, man. All right. Moving on, did you happen to see this uh, Batman versus Superman teaser, trailer, whatever you want to call it, 30 seconds of glory?
1: Does my face answer the question?
0: I, I guess you did see it. I did. did, it. You did it? <laughs> oh, you did? It? Oh, well. Because I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, well, the full trailer drops this week. You know, probably by the time you've heard this, you'll have seen it. But a little quick snippet shows Superman coming into a tunnel, Batman tied up in that desert looking outfit that we've seen from the earlier trailer. And Superman walking up to him and tearing off his mask. And everybody's saying that this is some type of dream sequence, like, where Batman is, you know, seeing, like, the vision of what he thinks Superman would be. Like, this totalitarian leader, uh, okay. you know, who's just in control of everyone. That, so, could,
1: that could be a dream Yeah, sequence. definitely. It looks
0: like it. And um, it's something that I got to speak about, like, how people just hate. You know, properties like yo. Today, I mean, I just saw so many breakdowns of this thirty seconds. Like, oh my god, he doesn't have the S curl. You know, Superman looks like an old damn What the
1: S curl anymore? Come on, yo. Like, like y'all need to stop with the purest stuff.
3: Yes, yes. You
1: don't need the damn S curl. My issue is when they go completely beyond the 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 essence of a character. That's when I have like a real problem with it. If he, if someone's wearing, unless unless it's really indicative of the character for instance if someone's wearing red instead of blue I'm not gonna get mad about it and for you guys when you guys do that that's infuriating because it's just like you. Can, to me you're also stopping progress because there could be something really dope around uh, on the wings of, from a new writer or new artist or whatever but because we have too many people who are oh you don't got the S girl then they get shut down before anything could come of it
0: most definitely and then it's just like all these complaints like I understand you know people had their childhood but like people are so mad about the new Ghostbusters movie you know people are so mad about the Superman and Batman people are just mad 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 and it's like yo dude like th- just because they have an all-female Ghostbusters movie, doesn't mean your old Ghostbusters movie just suddenly disintegrates. You know, nobody shoots that joint with the phaser. It's like, it's still there. If you want to go watch it, watch it. You know, stop complaining about things that have no effect on your life. Nobody did anything to your childhood. Yeah. Let it go. I've lived through the prequels. It's nothing. (laughs) It's not that serious. You know, just...
1: Just, just let it go. I mean, it's It's the point is, it's fine if you if you really feel that type of way. Just, just you can just say it and then let it be. Like for for there to be like whole,
0: oh my god, sites
1: and <laughs> stuff. See, I I actually um when I was like, oh I don't care because I still don't have high hopes for a Batman Superman movie. I don't. I, I don't. I don't either. I I am sorry y'all. Like I still not really feeling it. But- I I like this new iteration of Superman, but I don't as that togetherness and then plus Wonder Woman. I, I don't see it.
0: I like Superman, but I definitely did not like Man of Steel. You know, I like the yeah. I liked the super, I like Henry Do you like him? Yeah, but I did not like the movie. But I'm hype as hell. I can't lie. I'm not like, you know, it's not like Star Wars or, you know, even yeah. Civil War. But I can't lie, yo. When Superman and Batman show up and start throwing punches on screen, I'm going to be there. That's well, a yeah. lie. I'm going to you know, see like, that shit. I got to see that. Hell so, yeah. You know, I'm hype about it um
1: civil war i'm so happy i'm so oh, oh,
0: lord lord have mercy holy lord have mercy another trailer dropped this weekend i i got to peep it because i went and saw the night before um the new comedy with our everybody's favorite person anthony mackie yeah it's cool you know i wouldn't say you need to rush out and see it but the zoolander trailer was before it and the zoolander trailer seems to have broken all kind of internet records with everyone just so hyped to see this joint
1: people are hyped to see zoolander too yo
0: yo you know, I mean, I weird. like
1: I like ben Silla, and I like his Zulana character, yeah. but they hype?
0: Yeah, I guess so, but that okay. trailer is definitely not doing it for me at all. It is a, yeah, but, you know, people are hype. I uh, see you got to see uh, Creed this weekend.
1: I did. I I really did like it a lot. I will say it definitely has its, what I call, the smirking moments where it's like, oh, okay, they, they had to throw that in there, or, yep. oh, okay, they had to pander. But, that being... Is s- there an
0: Adrian? Right, title, right. Is there anything like that? So there's
1: plenty of that in there, but it doesn't overshadow okay. the, the, the full writing of the movie, the full breadth and depth of the movie. And I will say, the relationship that they've created between um, Adonis, which is uh, Michael B. Jordan's character, yeah. and, and with uh, Rocky, really incredible. And I actually felt something for the both of them. I actually shed a few thug tears during the movie. oh I did. Um, th- also... Th- 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 um, the cinematography, holy shit! Like, there are they have. I'm, I don't even want to give away. But but they. Yeah, don't,
3: please don't. I, I'm not
1: gonna yeah. say details. But there are a few areas where they use a continuous shot. Mm. And I'll just leave it at that. Nice. And it's it's really well done. Also, to of note, the writer, the director, and one other person, the, the, all all black men. So
5: preach. Please
1: please give people of color a, a chance in the film industry.
5: I
0: mean, speaking of people of color and you know, having great weeks, it's time for comics I copped. And man, yeah, like like I said, speaking of people of color, yo, it has been a fantastic week, you know, with uh we've got Amadeus Cho dropping this week, the totally awesome Hulk. Go pick that up. Very dope. Got to read a preview issue. Dope, dope, is dope. But <laughs> also last week. Something that a mad people been waiting on. I'm one of them. Is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur dropped on shelves? The new comic from Marvel. Uh, it's by the writers Amy Reeder and Brandon Montclair, and artist Natasha Bustos. I think. Yeah. Hopefully, I came close on that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I can't even tell you whether yeah, you're doing. You know,
0: <laughs> it, uh, it looks like that. But uh, anyway, <laughs> it is dope, you I've been waiting for this. You know, I didn't. I wasn't sure what to expect but you know the story starts off it follows a very young girl you know who's known as moon girl just because she's like into science and mm-hmm. into all this other stuff so kids at our school already call her moon girl you know i don't want to give away the story but the art you know, Natasha, uh i hope i'm still hoping i'm getting that right is killing it on it great art really great story and it just like you speak of thud tears it's one of those things i, I was halfway through the issue and I'm just sitting there like, yo, man, I can't imagine if I was like five or six reading this mm. because it just has a little black girl with black parents, you know, two parents raising her, black you know, hair, black hair, you know, like everything, you know, and she's a nerd, she's in the science, and she's you, me, yeah. And then she gets a dinosaur. <laughs> so if I was like five or six reading this, just the effect that it would have because I grew up pretty much reading, you know, all white characters and right. seeing myself in them. Still, and like, they're older. Yeah, and they were usually older, you know, I mean, well, I love Power Pack when I was a kid, but, that, you know, Power Pack was all white, and it was like, but I still could see myself in them, but just to be able to just that direct, like, boom, yes. there is you on the page, or someone who's like you, someone who comes from the same circumstance as you, so please check out Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I bought two copies, bitch, shout out to my homie Art Walker. I got a copy for his daughter, you know, trying to get new people hooked on it, and, yo, man, definitely check it out. Also, the Ultimates dropped this week. Another book written by a black man. Very dope. It That's a really weird series because I was like, they've been previewing it, and it's like a new version of the Avengers, but Galactus is on the team. So it was like one of the things, how the hell does this happen? But these Ultimates are like kind of like the Authority-type version of the Avengers where they're like handling super big problems. So at the end of the issue, they go to Galactus, like, yo, we know you eat worlds and stuff, but we're going to solve that problem first. Mm that's the first problem we solve. So, you know, I'm definitely looking more into that. And some news that I'm not very hyped about, the final issue of Secret Wars has now been delayed till January.
1: Wow. Um,
0: Adso Alonzo, you my boy. You know, we love you over <laughs> here at Fan Bros show. And I, and I know things like this happen, but man, yo, this is like this is one of those things, man, with Marvel and just blown
1: right now. Huh? Yeah,
0: it's just it's just <laughs> a big comments in general cuz that would be Three or four. I mean, by January, there might be like six issues of the new Iron Man out. So it's like there's been so much already told about what's happened after Secret Wars. And it's making Secret Wars seem pointless because nobody is seeming to even talk about the stuff that happened. Obviously, because the end of the issue, you know, it's not come out yet. So it's not like they they can be like, oh, yeah, remember when that happened? Because that ain't even, you know, we haven't read it yet. So... It's kind of weird. I hope it all works out by the time it's over because I've recommended Secret Wars and the Avengers books by Hickman so many times that I don't want to have to, you know, well, it might end up just being like Lost, you know, the TV series when it's like, you got to enjoy the journey. You know, maybe the ending wasn't the best, but, you know, you You got to try to convince yourself. (laughs) I still love Lost. It's still real to me, damn it.
3: (laughs) But, yeah, no,
0: definitely go pick up Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I'm loving it so far. Pick up Totally Awesome Hulk. Very dope as well. And I think that's about it for everything I was copping this week.
2: You didn't cop the uh, DK3? Oh, God. Hell no.
0: You know, I kind of figured that, you know, life is short. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, the Dark Knight Master Race, Dark Knight 3 Master Race by Frank uh, Miller dropped this week. I'm really tired of people with the last name Miller right now. Mark Miller, Frank Miller. Just just fucking it all up in comic books. Reggie all. Miller. That's,
3: that <laughs> You're not a, fucking up comic books. I'm
0: just joking. A, <laughs> 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 fucking up Spike Lee's life. Miller Yeah, that's for sure.
2: But yeah, uh, Kim Sonian, you, you had a chance to read it. Yeah, I, I looked at it. I thought the art, you know, Frank Miller these days is a little um, weird with the art. The story was and, interesting. And in his mind. Yeah, but I don't know him personally. But uh, but there is a sequence in it, and I, I will totally spoil it because this is what everybody's writing about, is that Batman saves a black kid from being shot by a cop. So if that's not topical oh, that and the master race, I don't know if there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there, but we'll see. I thought see.
1: that was stupid, by the way, that, that, that there, was a comic, there was a story about Batman... I guess you said saving a kid from a cop? I it's saw not it's a just a scene. I saw the panels. I was like, whose idea was this?
2: Well, I mean, it's like, it, it's Who's definitely chrome, chrome bar. I don't know. I think it's it's kind of natural, but I, I'm surprised it, they haven't it done this before. It wasn't natural
1: the way they did it. That it, was so... It's,
0: I mean, speaking of the Millers, like, last week I spoke about that book, Huck, and, you know, in Huck, the dude, you know, this white guy goes to Africa and saves the girls from Boko Haram without even doing, you know, like, and takes a the glasses off the terrorist before he punches him because that's what you do to a terrorist, you know. You,
1: yeah, because people in Boko Haram is not going to light your ass up I with mean, fifty I mean, eleven bullets. I mean,
0: Hulk has superpowers, so he avoids that what? light up like that. But it's just these really simple, like, oh my god, if only we just had superheroes. If all If only this world a white would-
1: man came to save us.
2: Well, yeah, that that <laughs> definitely, I can <laughs> see from that perspective. But Batman's always been the weird <sighs> white superhero. Yeah, yeah, Batman. I, like, I, I just
1: felt like they were they were doing too much with that those panels. I was right. just like, I just didn't think it was necessary. But uh, that's Ooh. me.
2: Whatever. Plus, we'll see how the story ends up. I mean, the art to me was way weird. It like on Some panels are like really good. Then others, I was like, whoa, this is way wonky. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it pans out.
1: All right. Oh, you know what, Ben, I mean, I just realized, I just remembered. Um, do you know there's going to be a Rambo TV show? Uh,
3: no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are you,
1: that means you're not excited about it.
0: Yeah, I, I love that last Rambo movie that Stallone did when he, I mean, it was one of the most bloody things I've ever seen, and that joint yeah. is amazing, but, you know, I don't, there's, unless it's on, like, HBO or something where, you know, they can go that violent again, then I really don't care, because, you know.
1: Well, I, you know, I have no idea what, what channel it's going to be, but they said it's going to be called Rambo New Blood, and it's going to be the relationship between John Rambo and his son, JR, who's an ex-Navy SEAL. And um, they said that because, you know, obviously Creed is doing really well, so, so Sylvester Stallone is actually in the talks. They said he's been in talks for a couple of years, but now it's really heating up now. So... I oh it might be Fox actually
0: oh no that that's yeah I'm I'm my interest is dropping you know the more <laughs> the more you're telling me about this the more my interest is waning
1: it's actually yeah it's gonna be for Fox so we'll see where this goes yeah
0: nowhere good probably
1: yeah but,
0: uh, <laughs> you know one can hope you you're know. like no Yo, nah. uh,
2: Gotham is pretty violent but I, I think the first blood thing will be yeah a little reality. much for Fox Gotham yeah. wasn't
1: that bad until like they blew up a whole person but oh, Gotham, Jesus Gotham Gotham's not that violent. I'm I missed that one. All
0: right. Well, hey, you know, look who's dropping into the spaceship real quick.
5: What you got for us, Chico? What's up? This is Chico Leo reporting in from the escape pod. And I just wanted to uh, give my pick of the week this week in honor of the Wiz Live that's coming on TV later this week. Uh, I don't know if Netflix planned this, but Netflix brought Carmen Jones back. It's a CinemaScope Technicolor movie with an all-black cast, which there's not a lot of them, and it's a musical that was based on a Broadway play, which is what The Wiz is. So I thought, and both of them have original. The Wiz is goes back to Wizard of Oz, and Carmen Jones goes back to the opera Carmen. But anyway, it stars Dorothy Dandridge and Harry Belafonte has a bunch of other 50 it's from 1954 50s a lot of 50s black hollywood actors uh Brock Peters, Pearl Bailey, um Diane Carroll is in it and um like I said it's based on Carmen which is the story of a soldier who's caught between you know the bad girl and the good girl and goes off with the bad girl and uh you know what tragedy ensues uh, but Dorothy Dandridge, the other really significant thing, this movie is um, CinemaScope widescreen, and it was made within the first year of widescreen CinemaScope uh, technology. And Dorothy Dandridge got nominated for Best Actress and lost to Grace Kelly. But it's the first; hol- it was the first time that a black woman was nominated for Best Actress. Carmen Jones. Just arrived on Netflix just today, and uh, that's it. All right, Chico Leo signing off.
0: All right, well, that was awesome, man. Thank you for that pick of the week, as always, coming through with the goods. And now we're going to take another quick break right here, and we'll be right back to wrap up this episode of Fan Bros. Show.
2: Hey, everyone, this is Kid Fury, host of The Read on Loudspeakers. And I just want to let you all know that when I'm not Worshipping Beyonce and drinking Hennessy. I'm listening to Fan Bros because it's amazing. So get you a piece and enjoy your life.
3: And.
0: Welcome back, bros. I know you've been enjoying this episode, but it's almost time for us to get out of here. But before we do, we gotta let you know about a few things that have been popping off, as always, on FAMBROS' show. Big shout-outs, big, big, supreme shout-outs to the Secret Convergence on Infinite podcast, which wrapped up this week mm-hmm. with the ninth episode, hosted by Rachel Miles' Explain X Men and amazingly, even though we started it before, we are finished before Marvel Secret Wars. <laughs> Our direct competition. What we what I predicted would happen has happened. We have finished before it. You can get all nine episodes on the Tumblr, on the Twitter, the hashtag yeah. S C O I P.
1: Again, the most unprecedented podcast project, superhero team-up, whatever you want to call it, has never been done before.
0: It was absolutely amazing from start to finish. I mean, I was just it was so much fun being involved in this. Shouts to every single podcast involved. I can't name you all. We already said Rachel Miles. Big shout-outs to Silence, to Wait, What? House of Astonish. House to Astonish, Tales of Misery, so many, another L. I mean, just on and on. My boy Chris Sims, love you out there, War Rocket Ajax. It's just been so much love. Like Gary Lathis was still talking about us this week <laughs> on his uh, show Silence. And this wasn't even an SEO IP episode, but he was still talking about <laughs> FanBro's show, still bigging us up. I've got to tell you, Gary, like I always say, you got one of the best voices. We're going to have you on FanBro's show soon. Just love to everyone. Shouts to Greg Rucker for being the beyonder. Shouts to everyone who did art for us. To the Tumblr. Yes. I mean Twitter. It, it just it's amazing, man. It, just being a part of this has brought so much joy to my heart. The
1: power of the internet.
0: Can't wait to do part two. It's gonna happen sooner than you think. What else, Tatiana?
1: Uh big shouts to Hezekiah H. We wanted to thank you back. Uh he sent us a nice letter explaining how much he loves the podcast. Um, how much that he appreciates the fact that we could represent uh, people of color in the geek space, and that he feels like we enlighten his Thursdays. So, oh man, yeah, you know, <laughs> I I love stuff like
0: that, B. I can't lie. Like you know, we really, truly, I mean, honestly, we do it for the people. Yeah, you
1: know. He like, wants to know: Is there going to be another live show in New York City? Oh hell yeah! You uh, know, yeah. before you know
0: it, definitely, uh, we will definitely be doing a live show. We might have to do a live show for this big award show that we're gonna do.
5: Mm. Boom! How you like me now? That's right,
0: fambo. Show we'll be having an end of the year award show. And for this to happen, we're gonna need your help out there, Fan Bros. We'll be putting out a poll very soon. Mm-hmm. In this poll, we'll not only have some information about yourselves that we need, you know, because we're gathering data on everyone for our own <laughs> nefarious purposes. But also, yeah, basically, we're gonna need, you know, you to give us your votes on what was your best entertainment this year. You know, what comics did you cop that made it? What was the best tech? You know the best films, yes. best TV, Jessica Jones. You know, um, <laughs> I just
1: got <laughs> The survey is now invalid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Definitely, we'll be shooting out this survey soon. Make sure you fill it out. Visit fanbros. dot com for more information. Yo, Kim Sonia, real quick before we get out of here, where's that event with Sean Martin, bro? At this week,
2: so Society of Illustrators is Thursday. I think it's uh, six thirty. Um, Just Google Society of Illustrators of New York. Uh, That's right, December 3rd. This Thursday. The day this drops, basically. Um, And uh, Sean Martinborough is going to be doing a talk with... uh, Danny Fingeroth. Yes, and they're going to be talking about collaborating on how to make comics come alive, go from the page to your hands.
1: December 3rd is also the the day the Wiz drops, the Wiz Live drops.
0: Most definitely. On
1: NBC, yeah. So make sure y'all
0: follow Fanbro show on Twitter cuz you know we're going to be live tweeting <laughs> we that We are going to be live tweeting Oh next- my god <laughs> um also you know if you're in New York City December 4th you know Jay-Z's birthday I'll be DJing at Huckleberry Bar doing a very special 90s party you know with enough Jay-Z tunes up in there Brooklyn come out Williamsburg you know follow me on Instagram for more information on that and anything else Tatiana
1: John Boyega reveals the entire plot of the Force Awakens
3: What Fan Bros. FA Head, we are the